Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Every day is a day to be thankful for the things that God has done. Let me uh, share something with you. Could I have that um, clicker? Um, let me share something with you um, that one of the things that I think is so important is I want to read to you George Washington, 1770, uh, 1779. Do I need this? And so let's look at this. 1779, George Washington declared the first national Thanksgiving proclamation. And this is what it says. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Whereas both the House of Congress, get this now, this, is, this makes me smile and also makes me weep. Whereas both the House of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me. Oh, please, President, will you talk to the people? Because we want to talk about this very serious subject. To recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. To be observed by the acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and single favors of Almighty God especially by affording them an opportunity peacefully to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend next to be devoted by the people of the states to the services of that great and glorious being, meaning God, who is the benefit, beneficent, author of all good that was, that is, that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of all the people in this country. Did you catch that? This was the first declaration, proclamation, excuse me, that was given. We know the first time that the pilgrims got together in, in 1720, 1620, that, that was the first Thanksgiving that took place. But it wasn't a good one. It wasn't an easy one. I mean, most of them died. Do you know that only 45 out of 102 people that were on the Mayflower survived the first winter? Only five out of 18 children survived. I want you to understand and capture this understanding that here they lost. They actually dug more graves. I, I think the, 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 um, the aspect was that um, the, the pilgrims dug so many more graves, two-thirds more graves than they did houses because so many people died. Uh, let me ask you a question. When things get tough, when things get really tough, I want you to ask yourself a question. Do we get bitter or do we get better? When things are really tough and they don't go our way, do we get weaker or do we get stronger? When things don't go our way and we're just like, God, 
Do we give up on the one we know? Does God change according to circumstance and situation? Yes or no? Does he change? No, God does not change. Our circumstances and our situations, they're like the wind. They're always changing. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we can go through a moment that can knock us off our seat. And then in the midst of that, I think sometimes we can also realize and learn a lesson. Because lessons are all around us. Uh, listen to Helen Keller. If anybody knows Helen Keller, she was born blind and she was born deaf. And if she spoke, it was difficult to hear her, what she was saying, but you could understand her. This is what she said. So much has been given to me that I have no time to ponder that which I do not have. Here is a person who cannot see, cannot hear, has never heard a word, has never seen anything, can communicate, but in a poorly manner way, but yet communicate. And yet she says this, so much has been given to me that I have no time to ponder on those things that I don't have. Can you see the attitude? We are in a world today that when the hairdryer doesn't work, we have a conniption. We're in a world today that we go to a cabin and we're hungry and there's nothing there. We're having a conniption. We have a conniption if the dog pees on the carpet. I want you to understand something that, you know, there's a lot of things that happen to people, but people can teach us how to handle life. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you that becomes the man or the woman that God wants you to be. Because when we go through the stuff, we have to realize who's, in, who's over your stuff. Joni Erickson Tata, when she was 17 years old, she had a diving accident that caused her to be quadriplegic. Giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful, she said. It is a matter of obedience. She's gone through a couple bouts of cancer since then. She's had some really difficult things in her life, and yet has come through all of them. But her attitude and what she has done and how many books she has written, she just didn't say, oh, well, this is my lot. I'm going to do something with it. H.W. Westermeyer said this, the pilgrims, here it goes, the pilgrims made seven times more graves than houses. Nevertheless, they set aside a day to give God thanks. People would say, why give God thanks? Look at all the stuff I've suffered. Look what I'm going through. Why should I thank him? And I've heard those words from people. They get so bitter. Because all they do is strain out of one piece of the puzzle. All they do is strain at one thing that takes place. Yeah, we live in a broken world. Absolutely. And yes, good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. And sometimes we don't understand it. But that's when you trust because this is not our home. I don't understand why we strive so much. Because we're here for a purpose. We're here for a purpose. The purpose is that we may be light and salt in this world. It's important for all of us to understand that. Gratitude is the precious offering in the sight of God that must be continually in the hearts of his people if, if they truly know who God is. I mean, honestly, if you're going to have gratitude, you have to be thankful about something. 
But can you have gratitude and thanksgiving and praise when things are not going well? You remember the story not too long ago when we were talking about David when he was in Ziklag and all the men wanted to kill him. And what did he do? He encouraged himself with the word of God. But if you encourage yourself with your own head and your own thoughts, guess what happens? We don't go up. We go down, 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 down. Why? Because we're listening, we're listening to our questions. We're answering our own questions. We're figuring out all in our little head. We only have one voice to listen to, and we're not including the voice of God. But he said, after all of the mess, he said, he encouraged himself. He picked up his bootstraps. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And what happened? God gave him direction and ultimately success. And all that he lost was brought back to him. He lost nothing. Often we can give praise when things are well, but it's a choice to raise the praise when things are not going well. And today I want to talk about to raise the praise. It's time to raise your praise. I don't know what you're going through, but it's a choice that you're going to have to really get a hold of God. Someone say get a hold of God. I mean, get a hold of that. Get to know God personally and start to raise praise. And as you're in a problem, you start to praise. And if you're in the pressure, you start to praise. When all of a sudden people seem to come against you, you start to praise. Whatever it is, you've got to learn to raise the praise. Let me read this to you. I was looking up some stuff here. Right now in Lebanon, right now today, the major crisis in Lebanon the local currency has devalued by 95%. The UN has stated that food prices have risen 322%. Unemployment is at 400%. And if you think that's bad, the state is barely providing one hour of electricity per day. They have no leader right now. The president was gone in October 31st, they've had five elections. All have failed. It's a mess. And there's a lot of countries in a mess. And we're one of them. And we're coming. We're going to have our own mess. But you're going you're to have to grab hold and learn how to raise the praise when you feel yourself with the problems. You see, yes, we, we, we don't like problems. We don't like what it's tough. And we start to complain, 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 complain. Find all the negative and just park there. Put the little shifter in the park and I'm not going to move. I'm just going to stay here complaining. I'll tell you what. It's not sane to complain. You've got to realize it's, 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 complaining is something God does not want us to do. Someone say amen. amen. Unfortunately, giving thanks is so often... So little in our, in our prayers. We often give thanks for the small portion and then we jump to all the needs. We'll spend all the times and needs but give very little thanks to the Lord. Giving thanks is too often demoted to secondary, not primary. Yet God really focuses on the thanksgiving. I love a story that I heard of these two angels that were given a, a mission to just go ahead and collect all the prayers of the saints. And so one sent out to get all the prayers of the saints, and another was just the thanksgiving for answer prayer, just for those who are thankful. 
And after their time of doing this was over, they came together, and the one angel who was going for prayers had basket after basket after basket. And these were huge baskets. And the angel went out for the Thanksgiving, didn't even fill up one. Matter of fact, it was highly filled up. And when it was brought to heaven, they were looked at. And they finally said to one another, it's truly the people of God are more in asking for than thinking what they do have. Their gratitude is so low, but their requests are so high. You see, when we learn to thank God, even in the midst of the stuff, we change. it changes our hearts. It changes our attitude. It changes us. Gratitude does adjust your attitude. To be thankful. My dad used to tell me, and I heard all these little sayings from my dad. Maybe that's why I, I, I created myself. But he, and there were well-known sayings. And he used to say, people complain that they have no shoes until they meet the person who has no feet. There's always something that people want to complain about, complain about and without giving praise to God because God has done so many things in our life. Yes, this must be here and that must not be good. And yes, you have this problem. And yes, a situation. And yes, we can put, fill in the gaps of maybe what? Is not what we want, right? But, but, but what is what has God still done? Why don't we remind ourselves of what God has done? Does anybody have heat in your house? Does anybody have food in your, your house? Does do everybody, everybody got a place to sleep? Hey, how about this one? Does everybody have toilet paper? Oh, you don't think, oh, how about toothpaste, huh? You know, you go to the bathroom one day and, and there's hardly any toothpaste and stuff. And like, oh, you, you, you really work at it. You work at it. You finally got hallelujah. And you put it on the brush and you're like, woo, I squeeze some out and it falls off. <laughs> what do you do? Ah, you dig for that thing. Oh, no, no, I'm, I, got, I work too hard for this, you know, and you, you know. But then if the tube is filled and it's a brand new tube and it falls off, do you go digging? No, you don't go digging. You just put some more run on that thing. Because when we're in abundance, our gratitude is low. But when you are not in abundance, you're thankful for the breath. You're thankful for the little things. I think we need to really thank God. When we're in abundance, that's God's blessing in your life. It's something to raise the praise. Someone say raise the praise. I remember this is one of my favorite stories. Love sharing this story near Christmas. Oh, Christmas too. You might hear it. Thanksgiving. It's about a minister. It was about a minister who was working on a life-saving squad. This happened. True story happened in 1860. One of my favorite stories to talk about thankful hearts. And so a ship went down. And Edward was his name, and Edward jumped into the water as being on this life-saving squad, and he rescued 17 people that day in, in the very, very cold water of Lake Michigan. And in the process of being in the water for so long and rescuing so many people, his health was affected for the rest of his life. He only lived about three or four more years later and finally died because of the complications of being in that water for so long. At the funeral, though, it was noticed that not one person who he saved that day came back to thank him. He saved 17 people, but not one person came back. It reminds me of the story of the 10 lepers. 
Only one came back to thank God. And even the Lord said, where are the nine? I want to ask you a question. If God has done something in your life, how have you thanked him? How have you raised the praise? How have you really said, God, I know there's a situation over here, but God, I want to thank you because of this. And I want to thank you because of this. And I want to thank you because of this. Because you always have something to thank God for. Someone say amen. So this morning, I want to take you on a little journey to understand that Thanksgiving is all through Scripture. If you look at David, David is bringing in the tabernacle and he's putting it in place. And in 1 Chronicles 16, it says this. David's praising the Lord and he's bringing the ark of God in and he's, he's at the people. They're just having a wonderful praise. And afterwards, he says, he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark by giving constant praise and thanks to the Lord, the God of Israel, and by asking for his blessing upon the people. You see music and praise always going before the people of God. If you want God to do his mighty work, I want to encourage you to learn to praise, raise the praise, no matter how you feel. There's been times in self that, you know, I'll be honest, there's been times that pastor hasn't felt like preaching. There's been times in the morning that pastor didn't feel like getting up really early and pray. There's a lot of times feelings cannot lead you. There are times where, you know, you just can't go by feelings. Feelings will hinder growth, not help it. How many feel like doing? How many want to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning? How many feel like it? I feel like getting up early today. We're going to prayer meeting tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the morning. Anybody feel like coming? <laughs> Thank you, Joan. Woo! When two or more gathered together, there he is in the midst. Amen. You see, we can't go by feelings. Praise, though, when you start to bypass the feelings and you start to raise the praise, God has given you and I something to praise him for. We need to really make a list, make a journal of all that God has done. Keep a reminder of the goodness and greatness of God. When God intervenes, let it, write it down. Remind yourself. So when you have a moment, someone say a moment. You remind yourself of God's miraculous provision or miraculous power that you have seen. So many times we're like, we're only as strong as what has God done for us lately. But we're not giving them thanks for anything else. So I want you to get this. If you praise God continually, you will find that you won't take God's blessings for granted. You'll be thanking him all the time because every little thing, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. That was so cool. Thank you, Lord. You know, why is it that you're driving down the road and you let someone cut in front of you and they don't say thank you? How is it you get so upset with that person? Or you do something kind and all you're thinking is, boy, they, could, they didn't even say thank you. They have no gratitude for you do something kind for someone and they just expect it. They don't, they're not no gratitude. They're not thankful. They're just self-centered all about them and, and they get mad at you if you don't do what you want them to do. And this is the world we live in today. How do you feel when you do something and they don't thank you? Hmm? Think about when God does something for you and you don't thank God. God sometimes just likes to hear thank you too. That's why he loves you. When, when you do something for your child, you love your child. And you do something for your child, you take him and do something he wants. And all you're looking for is a thanks, dad. Thanks, mom. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. And what happens? No problem, son. No problem, daughter. It's bonding. It's bonding. It's communication. God wants the same from you and I. Someone say amen. amen. So let's take a quick journey this morning. And I want to go to Psalms 92. It's a psalm that would often be used during the Sabbath, a day of rest and worship. Let's look at verse 1 to 3. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To the music of ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. Listen to it. It is good to praise the Lord. Someone say, it is good to praise the Lord. If it's good to praise the Lord, are you praising him in every situation? Does he hear your voice sing? Does he hear your voice proclaim his name? Does he hear your voice say, thank you, Lord? It is good to praise God. Someone say daily. Daily, your praises must be heard because daily, almighty God is providing for you. But we can't focus on just the problem. We have to be thankful for what God is doing in so many more avenues. To give God thanks through your daily worship. To lift up the name daily to express our gratitude to a God who has done so much for you and I. He has done so much. But the problem is we don't often look at it. You know what we do? We look at what God hasn't done for me lately. To proclaim our daily love and obedience to him. To sing with an instrument. To celebrate God's grace. People often say, well, Pastor, I don't have a voice. Yeah, you have a voice. Everybody has a voice. You may not have a voice for singing, but you have a voice to praise. Who gave you that voice? And if you want to complain about that voice, how about if we lose that voice tomorrow? Are you going to miss that voice? Are you going to complain that, boy, I don't miss that voice anyhow because I couldn't sing? No, I don't think so. God says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God wants to hear your heart. Your vocal cords, your vocal cords are a, a correlation to your heart of how you worship and praise Look at this. So it says, it is good to praise the Lord. Make music to his name. You know, sing while you're doing something. How many whistle while you work? Anybody whistle while you work? You're a whistler? No? No whistlers? How many sing? Any singers here? Singers? Huh? How many door slammers do we have here? Door slammers? (laughs) That's just the opposite sometimes. Look what it says here, verse 4 and 5. For make, for you make me glad, I like this, you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord, how profound are your thoughts. I want you to just get this in. So you have the psalmist with such gratitude because he's, Focus on the deeds of the Lord. He's not focusing on what God hasn't done. He's focusing on what God has done. The deeds of the Lord. What has God done for you? Think, what has God done for you right now? Not what he hasn't done. What has he done for you? I want you to start. In your mind, think about what God has done. Has he given you mercy? Has he given you grace? Has he given you forgiveness, salvation, long-suffering towards... Towards you? 
when you didn't deserve it? Mm. Has he given you peace, joy, love, hope, light, relationship, provision, protection, eternal life? So much more. Has he given you breath? Has he given you protection? Has he been there even though he's been faithful and you haven't been? Has he still been there? That's not even to mention the things that God has for us in heaven. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard for the, the, the things that God has for them that love him. Wow. I want you to understand. He says, for you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord, and because I realize what you've done, I want to sing. I want to sing. Oh, never mind. Listen to this. Our focus of our praise is on what God has, has done. You see, we're always looking at, what God, what are, you, what are you doing? I need this to be done. But we don't praise God for the things he has done. It changes our heart when we, when we really get to know God of what, what God has done. So many people say, yeah, I love God. But they don't give God attention. They don't give God, like, you know, a reverence. So many times people come into church and they'll do everything else in church but really listen or pray or enter into worship. It's clear in this psalm, I sing at the joy of your works. I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but if you're going to, if you're going to sing at the joy of his works, something has to happen. I was supposed to bring this up earlier. Something has to happen if it's going to happen. How do we have this praise? How does praise take place is my question. I want you to know, how, do, how does praise take place? How does this joy and thanksgiving take place? You know, I see such and such. I see Sister Ethel. Oh, she's also happy all the time. How, how come Sister's always, Ethel's always happy? How come Brother Bob is just, oh my word, he's always happy. How come? Well, maybe, just maybe, he's probably made a connection. You see, we can look like a light. We can be the vessel of God. We can look like we can shine. We can have everything to it, but we don't spend any time with God. We're not raising the praise. We're finding busy things. We're doing this. We're planning this. We're doing this. We're planning that. But how much time do we really thank God for what he's done? Because when you get connected, this is what God does. And sometimes, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but we, we, we live like this. You know? We, we got joy, don't got joy. Got joy, don't got joy. Got joy, joy. I'm praising, not praising. I'm praising, not praising. Oh, sometimes we're like this. I just like playing with this plug. If you see my, if I grow hair, you know what happened. I make connection. <laughs> in order for God, in order for God to cause praise to come out of you, you have to be connected to what God is doing. You see, it's not enough to be a vessel and have a knowledge. See, this, this is going to be you. You're going you're to be the light of God. And you can have the knowledge of what God has done. You can have the knowledge of this. You can have the knowledge of that. But if you don't connect to God, if you don't really get into God's spirit, get, get connected to God's spirit, get into God's word, how are you going to start to praise God? 
And when you start to praise God, guess what happens? You give light to everybody around you. You give joy to everybody around you. But if you don't have it on, what are you going to give to people around you? You're just going to be a light. You'll look like a Christian. Your light has to be on. It has to be on. you got to get connected to God. If you don't get connected to God, the praise is not going to flow. Not going to flow. Oh, i got extra light. This is nice. I can see a little better. <laughs> Isaiah, it says here, Oh, Lord, how profound are your thoughts. I love Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so when you go across a, a situation, something happens in your life and that you don't like, can you remind yourself that God's working out something that you don't know? Can you remind yourself that God's always working even when you don't think he's working? God has a plan that's always bigger than you. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. Look at verse 6 and 8. The senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all the evildoers flourish, they will, they will be forever destroyed. But you, O oh Lord, are exalted forever. This is a sad part of this psalm. We're raising the praise, but the bottom line, there are some people out there that don't want to praise God. And I would actually say to them, if you don't want anything to do with God now, why would you want to go to heaven? I mean, in all reality, everybody wants to go to heaven, but my question to them is why? If you have no time for God and you're so busy doing this, you're so focused about this, do you really care about God? Is he truly your first love? Because you spend no time with anything. You give no thanks for the provision he's given, and yet everybody wants to go to heaven. I always ask them, why? If you have no time for him now. It says, a senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand. Now, the senseless word and fool actually means foolish. One of the... Uh, words actually mean stupid. The stupid man. The stupid person. The man who is full of flesh. Who does not want to connect to the one who created him. And it says the wicked spring up like grass and evildoers flourish and they will forever be destroyed. That is so sad. Does God bring the destruction upon them? No, they chose not to accept the gift. They chose not to say thank you. They chose to live life without God. All who do evil will face judgment. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Everyone in the world falls short. Meaning if I had an arrow and I tried to hit the, the bullseye, my arrow would go like so short of the mark. It's no way. We can't reach it. That's why Jesus came. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin. Sin has a wage. It's called death. And that's why Jesus Christ came. The wage of sin is death, but, but the gift of God is eternal life. So if you have received eternal life, are you praising him for that? Or are we taking it for granted? Because sometimes we take things for granted, so much for granted, until we lose it. Then we see the value of it. 
Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That's called relationship. Someone say relationship. When we learn to raise the praise, it's because we have a relationship with God, not something that's, that we're just eating a piece of bread every day. That's a pretty lousy meal. But the better the meal you spend with God, the better the meal that you share with God, the better the praise is going to be raised. The Lord will reign and be forever exalted. Psalms 28 says this. Verse 4, repay them for their evil deeds and their evil ways and work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back upon them what they deserve. And this is just evil people who are fighting for against God. And unfortunately, there are so many people today and will continue to increase, as Scripture has said, that people want nothing to do with God. And they fight so much against God. They fight so much against life. I don't know about you, but when you run into people like that, and sometimes some of them are hard to love, but can I just encourage you to love them anyhow? Can I encourage you to pray for them ever so more? Because they do not understand. Their minds are closed. Their hearts are hard. And because they cannot understand the gospel, the senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand. And they need to see something they've never seen. And if they could see Jesus in you, if they could see Jesus in you, you might be something that they've never seen before that can lead them to a journey of discovery. Just because a person is evil doesn't mean that they don't have value. They have value. Someone say everybody has value. Sometimes we want to cut people off. But the problem is, Jesus never cut you off. Still stood with you even when you did your own thing. God still was with you because you have value. You have value. Look what it says here in verse 9 and 11. For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn. This is really good stuff. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured upon me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. This is God's blessing. This is God's intervention. The results of those who choose to reject God... Well, they're going to perish. We see that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him shall have eternal life. Well, well, this, is, this is a joy that we have to believe in the Lord, to have eternal life. But those who refuse it will be lost forever. All eternity separated because you choose to reject God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's gift. Why? Why? I don't understand why people don't want to accept God's gift. I, I, don't, I get confused. I really do. I don't understand why they say no to something so good. I don't know why. What does this world have to offer compared to what God has? The Bible says if a man gains the whole world yet loses his soul, he profits nothing. I, I don't know. But listen to this. But blessings and benefits are to those who live and turn to God. My horn, it says, you have exalted my horn. A horn is a symbol of strength. And listen to this. A symbol of strength that comes, and when they used to anoint, when the prophets of old used to anoint, they would 
anointed through a horn of oil, and there would be oil in the horn. And so here he's seeing the symbolism of strength of a horn and now the oil of consecration as you and I are called to serve God. And the psalmist says, you have exalted my horn. You have strengthened this vessel and you have consecrated this vessel for your work to serve you. And then goes on to say, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. The problems you have, the, the situation, God will bring victory in your camp. Someone say amen. I don't know what kind of victory you want. I don't know what victory you need. I don't know what triumphant thing that needs to take place. But can I tell you, when you trust the Lord, God's going to come through. The psalmist knew it because he was connected to it. And the praise was coming from him. He understood the strength came from God. He understood his consecration came from God and he understood that victory against all opposition because he had the favor of God. You get the favor of God because you have a relationship with God. Someone say praise the Lord. Verse 12 to 15, check this out. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit at old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. This is so good. I think for those who are older, you're going to love this. Look at your neighbor, especially if they're 95 <laughs> people look around who's 95 the righteous will flourish the palm tree what about a palm tree how many times have you seen a palm tree in a storm huh it just stays there it can endure against storms. It's a symbol of victory. It's a symbol of triumph. It's a symbol of peace and God's going to be your peace in the midst of a storm and this psalm is, the, the psalmist is praising God, say the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Even though you're going through a battle, even though the winds are blowing, he's still your peace. He's still your one who's on your side. He's going to work on your behalf. And then he says, like a cedar, grow like a cedar of lemonade, because cedars are so strong. So it's a symbol of strength. Against the storms of life. Because in the midst of a storm, in the midst of it all, you can have peace. It's like that story where the author was trying to paint a picture of peace. And so he did, but he didn't do it normally. He did it in such a way where the picture was a raging storm. Lightning was coming down and the clouds were dark. Just the sky was ominous, and there underneath that was this raging river coming down the mountain, hidden rocks with splashes all over the place. And then there was a tree with a limb over this rough, turbulent water was in a tree was a little nest, and in the nest was a little bird, and it gave the picture that the bird was singing in the midst of the storm. Because that's your God, if you let him be your peace, your strength, your help. As you learn to raise the praise and let God in in your troubles, let God in in your trials, let God in in your tribulations, let him in. Stop being so guarded, stop being so hard, stop being so controlling and let God in. Let go and let God 
to raise the praise in you so you can become that intercessor, to become that person that God wants you to become because you're guarded. You're guarded. You're, you're, yeah, God, I love you, but, 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 but. And wanting to see this before you do this, this, this. God says, no, 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 no. That's not how I work. We need to realize God wants to be your symbol, your God, your symbol of victory and triumph and peace as he, the psalmist is praising, saying, may the righteous flourish like a palm tree, like a cedar of strength. God's child will flourish when they look to their God in faith and praise God and have words of thanksgiving and praise to God. And look at this. I like this now. You're going to like this. They will still bear fruit in old age. How many of you like that right there? Because God will make you flourish even though you have a few winters underneath your belt. Huh? Some of you have gray hair. Some of you have no hair. But God wants to make you flourish even in your old age. Stop saying, well, I'm this old. Stop complaining about your age. Your age is not an issue when it comes to your God. Stop looking for excuses. I mean, hopefully I can say this when, I, when I'm maybe old, older like some of you here. You know, I, 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 this is my, I don't want to be able to say I'm hindered because of my age. No, you're hindered because of your age because you keep telling yourself how old you are. But Caleb didn't tell him how old he was. Matter of fact, he acted like he didn't know how old he was. He was ready to go in battle over 80 years old. In battle with a sword. What makes you different than Caleb? Caleb doing the same thing you did, trusting in the Lord. Pick up thy sword. Understand who you are because God wants you to flourish in your old age. Someone say amen. Mm. But he's going to do more than that. Bear fruit in your old age and stay fresh and green. <laughs> How many like that, huh? Fresh and green. Did he not do it for Moses? Did he not say Moses was just as young at being as old as he was, he was still young as a youth? God gave him vitality? Wait a minute, if God could do it for Moses, can he not do it for you? Do you even believe him for it? All things are possible. Someone say amen. Mm, don't get me going. I'll preach for another hour. <laughs> I love that. There is benefits. I'm not going to give you a hug, sister. There is benefits and blessings when we recognize God's in control. But if you want to focus on everything else out there, you want to get all riled up because of this and because of that. You want to just, you know, keep your focus on so many other things and, and then you go right ahead and do so. But where you put your focus, write this down, get this. Where you put your focus is what, where and what you become. What you feed on is what you live on. And if what you live on is not good food, then you're heading in the wrong direction. It's going to feed your soul junk food. And you may, junk food may, you might live but it's not going to be a good life or a healthy one. Let the praise of God raise. Let me end with three challenges to you. Three elements of true thanksgiving when we raise the praise is found in this psalm. Number one, remembering. We, need, we, we keep remembering what God has done. We keep remembering what God has done. Psalms 16.8, I keep my eyes always. Someone say always. 
always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Woo! How many are ready to do a rhyme? Huh? I mean, look at that. It's a beautiful. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. When you keep your eyes always on the Lord, you're going to want to praise God because you're going to get filled up. You're going to be eating of the food. You're going to be not feeding off of your words you feed you, not all those junk words you feed you. You know, you listen to you more than anybody else. And if you want to blame somebody else for what they said to you, I've got to say you listen to you way more. And if you, if you find yourself struggling, it's probably because of what you're feeding yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Be careful of what you say about you because you will say that so often, and that's the diet you will keep. He says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be ashamed. If we keep remembering what God has done, it's going to cause a raise of praise in you. And you're going to be able to give God praise even when you're against a storm, even when it's hard, even when you're going through some stuff that you'd rather not be going through. God's still on the throne. Number two, from this psalm, we can learn. We tell others about it. Because when you keep in Christ at the center, all of a sudden, it's going to grab everything you do. Psalm 66, 16, come and hear all you who fear the Lord, fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Mm-mm-mm. When you start telling people what he's done for you is because you're starting to praise. And the more you start to praise, you ever been around someone that's just a bubbler? Not a babbler, but a bubbler. The babbler is just babbling, blah, 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 blah. But a bubbler, how many know what a bubbler is? <laughs> you know, back east, we call the fountains bubblers. I don't know if you know that. So when I was working in Missouri and I asked someone for the bubbler, they looked at me like I had an eye right here. Bubbler? What's a bubbler? And I said, you know, bubbler. No, I don't know what a bubbler I said, you know, it has water. You hit a button, water. He said, Brian, are you talking about a fountain? I guess you could call them a fountain. I call them, we call them bubblers back in Northeast. And so, nevertheless, I learned that. But a bubbler is another way I want to look at it, is a person who just bubbles the love of the Lord, just bubbles the goodness of God, just is a person who just is meeting with God, loving God, spending time with God, and they just see the goodness of God. They're just constantly trying to say, you know what? You know, I'm going through a storm right now, but God is good. I just want to let you know he's done so much for me. And you just tell other people the story of what God's put you through, gone through. God has a story. It's his history for you. Amen? So we keep remembering to remember what God has done. We keep telling others about what God has done. And number three, we show and share God's glory with others. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hey, listen, if you had to be a salesperson and the salesperson was discouraged, would you buy anything from that person? If that person was showing you a car and they're like, what do you think? Oh, this car's all right. You know, it's not the best car. It has a bunch of problems. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's been fixed, but it's all right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Would you buy somebody from that's just not even confident in their own product they're selling? I, I don't think so. But if you have a person who's 
experience. Hey, I bought three cars already from this place. And let me tell you something. Every car I've had has been great. Da-da-da-da, like this. You, all of a sudden you say, wow, okay. That, that guy has something to say. That guy has some experience to him. Well, if you have an experience with God, you've got to share it. God's asked you to be ambassador. If you're going to be ambassador, watch your attitude. Watch uh, the way you talk. Watch the way you live. Watch, you're an ambassador for God, a spokesman for God. Wow! Shouldn't you have a little praise in you? What has God done for you lately? Amen. Mm. You have to raise the praise. You have to raise the praise. Either God's going to be your first love or something else is going to replace it. Is there anything that has distracted you away from your first love? Let me, let me, let me say this last thing. I want you to think about this. When people change the object of their worship, it changes the focus of their heart. When people change the object of their worship, it changes the focus of their heart. And so when we get our eyes off of God, we will put it on something else, and that will change our heart of praise. But when our heart to God, when our heart is connected to God, something's going to happen. Praise is going to start to flow because we realize all that God has done. He first loved us. That's why we love him. Close your eyes before the Lord right where you are. We're going to go into communion in a bit, but before I do, I want to really challenge you about your praise, your thanksgiving, your heart of gratitude. I mean, I want you to really think about it. Are you focused more on the problem than you do upon a God who loves you? Do, you? do you remind yourself of what God has done in your life? Do you share those testimonies with others? I want you to really think about this. If you have a light and you are God's light, is your light on full of praise? Does it flicker on and off? And the question is, I want to ask, how often does it flicker on and off? And why does it flicker on and off? You can have, you can have consistentness to your life in God. It doesn't have to be like a roller coaster. If it's a roller coaster, maybe it's something that you're digesting in your life. Maybe something you're placing in your life that's not helping you but hurting you. Because of the way you think and the what you do, because the food you eat truly affects what happens to the body. Well, the food we feed ourselves spiritually affects our spiritual life. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I probably complain more than I praise. I probably find fault or I criticize more than I praise. And that's me. Real quick, raise your hand, right? Yeah, and put it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for your honesty. Because it's people who really recognize the area of their need and go to God, and God does the work. How many would say, I need to learn to praise God so much more and not focus on my problems? Raise your hand. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. You see, our praise determines the power in which God flows because we place all this. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would, they would hear the words of your spirit and what the psalmist teaches us to see the benefits 
are the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts, Lord, that it be acceptable to you, God. And that's because, Lord, we are talking and focusing on your promises. Not problems, but promises. And for a couple here today, I want you to get this. Not problems, but promises. Stop focusing on the problems. Your problems are never the problem. It's your praise, the lack of. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just go through the congregation. Lord, go through those online that they would know, that they would know that God has done so many things in their life and that God is trying to get a hold of your heart so that you will learn to praise him, raise the praise and give thanks to God that your attitude of gratitude would raise up as you make Jesus your Savior. If Jesus is not your Savior right now, you just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I've sinned. I've done wrong. Maybe this week, maybe if you've done wrong and you, you did something that you're not proud of, just say right now, God, forgive me of my sin. Keep a, a good, quick account before God. Confess your sin. Get it cleared before God. Have a relationship with God and invite God into your life. God, here I am. Forgive me. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I want to do right. I want to serve you. I want my hands to be on the plow. I want to do your work. I know you died on the cross for me. On the third day, you rose again. He loves you. Just say to you right now, say, God loves me. Mm-mm-mm. He so loves you. And he gave his all. So, Father, I pray right now that your people would give their all in praise and in action and servitude as they would live for you as you live for them. God, I just ask your blessings be upon them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Can we give God some praise in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website, at SalemFirstAG.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.